Hey, Pastor Kevin Wallace here from Redemption to the Nations Church, and I believe today God has given me a word that is going to speak to your life. Listen, we need strength and we need comfort, and today we're going to find it in the Word of God. Hang on, and I'll see you at the end of this message for prayer. Receive the Word. Listen, I want you to go to Luke chapter 5 with me, and I want to read a few verses of Scripture from the fifth chapter of Luke's Gospel. I want to say something to you, and Chris will testify that this is accurate, and so will the last three or four places I've preached. I preached the message several weeks ago about the rhema word of the Lord, and I talked about the quickened word of God, the preceding word of the Lord, and it seems like the last four places I've preached I came to the building with a message and a sermon, but God began to quicken my spirit with a word. And I am in a place where, for whatever reason in the mind of God, I just feel like what I'm to do is to pray and saturate myself in the word and wait on just the thought or the word of the Lord to come. I know that's different. And I ask the Lord what he's up to in this season, and I believe God is being so strategic in this moment, and he's surprising the enemy. Now, you may not think that that bears any kind of weight in spiritual warfare, but any good general knows you never let the enemy know what you're up to next. And I so believe we are moving into such strategic times in the spirit that God is hiding things for us and the enemy will not have time to plan against the attack of God. There will be no response of the, it's going to shock the adversary. In fact, the Lord is up to something in your lives right now that hell doesn't know what to do with. And some of you feel bad and some of you do not feel bad and you feel as if you're just kind of meandering and trying to get a compass and some direction on life. But I tell you in the name of the Lord, Jesus is coming and this hour demands a bride who is in tune with the Spirit and God is up to something in every single one of your lives and it's going to freak you out. And more than freak you out, it's going to freak your enemy out. Because I just declared what God's about to do. Hell can't stop and neither can it reverse. And you're going to come out of this more pure than gold, more bold than a lion, more victorious than an army. The people of God are coming through. Somebody say amen. So I say that to say I had a sermon. And I don't anymore. Luke 5, 36, when you have it, say amen. My subject this morning, skin in the game. Somebody said, if you didn't know what you were preaching, how do you have a slide? Because I gave it to him about 30 minutes ago. Skin in the game. And by, by the way, can we give God praise for all of our technical media team, the camera people, come on. The people you never see that make all this possible, shout or clap or do something for them. Tell them you love them. They're the most amazing people. 
and I never take them for granted and neither does the world who gets to sit and watch what's happening in here because of their investment and their sacrifice. And from the bottom of my heart, I thank God for every one of you. Amen. Luke 5. Skin in the game. Then Jesus spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old skins, or else the new wine will burst the wine skins and be spilled, and the wine skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wine skins, and both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. Skin in the game. Help me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I have been feeling for several weeks now like we're in a season of preparation. I can only tell you that historically and over the 20 years, 21 years of leading the church that God's called us to here, there have been seasons where Devin and I felt a pause And it wasn't for the sake of resting or just meaninglessly waiting. It was to take advantage of an opportunity to get prepared for what God was getting ready to do at another level, in another dimension, in our people and in our church. I prepared my heart this week and the message that I was going to preach to you if I could just tell you what I was going to teach you and preach you. It was about digging ditches. From 2 Kings chapter 3, where the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, and the king of Israel, Jehoram, were in a wilderness, and their armies and their beasts were thirsty because they had no water. And they asked for the word of the Lord to come to them, and they went to visit Elisha, and Elisha said, if you will dig ditches... God will supernaturally and in a method that you're not even acquainted with, he will begin to fill your ditches with water. Now, God is the one who sends the water, but you and I are the one who dig the ditches. And the Lord said to me, if you don't prepare for what I have prepared for you, then you could waste what I have in store. And I think sometimes in the kingdom of God, we've gotten so blessed and sometimes, quite frankly, we've gotten so spoiled from the goodness of God that we think we're entitled to all of this blessing and we do not understand that God requires preparation so that what he releases can be retained. So many times God wants to release fresh anointing, fresh grace, new days. Today we had a moment in this service of reset. God has, how many know he's a good God? (laughs) 
I, I don't know if life's been bad to you. I don't know if the last couple of weeks have been challenging for you. I don't know if you've been going through a season of heaviness and pain. I just want to tell you, if what you've been going through has not been good, you should hang on. And you're about to be glad you didn't give up in a tough season because it doesn't last that way and it don't stay that way forever. In fact, the psalmist said, weeping only endures for a night. Joy comes from God and it comes in the morning. And, and sometimes we get used to things that are not our portion. Our portion is not sorrow and condemnation and guilt. The kingdom of God is not all that. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. And God is the giver of those things. And if you're going through a season where you're not experiencing that or there's something trying to attack that, I just want to tell you that that feeling doesn't last forever. In fact, the scripture keeps coming to me, and I mentioned it in staff meeting this past week. The Bible said his anger is only for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. And the word moment there in the Hebrew is this. If you feel like God's mad at you, he might have been, but it only lasted this long. The good news is because of the blood of Jesus, God ain't mad at you anymore. I got four people and a couple of unsure religious folk and everybody else, I'm not sure where you are. God ain't mad at you anymore. That's a decent reason to praise the Lord this morning, that he could be mad. That, that if he kept record of our sin, he could be frustrated. But the good news is that the psalmist said he doesn't treat us according to our iniquity. He doesn't treat us according to our sin. God is a good God, and if you're in a season where it hadn't been good, I want to prophetically declare over you a shift is coming into your life. It's coming into your house. It's coming into your marriage. It's coming into your finances. Your kids are going to taste it. Your house is going to taste it. Your neighbor's going to wonder what's going on because I believe the goodness of God is coming on your life. If you believe it, say amen. amen. God will pour water out on dry places. God will release water on dry places. And he told Jehoshaphat, he said, dig ditches, prepare. Because when I send the blessing, I don't want you to miss it because you don't have any place to put it. Preparation is a real thing. We want more miracles, but don't pray more prayers. We want more victory, but don't spend more time in the Word. We often have a desire for the things that we think will, and we know will bring us joy, but the reality of it is we don't spend our time preparing for it. I want to challenge some people to break cycles today and stop hindering your blessing by not being ready for what God wants to release to you. And I want you to know that many times what we are groaning and moaning that we haven't received yet is not because God is not willing to give it, it's that he refuses to waste it by pouring it out on us in a season when we are not prepared to receive it. I remember when God told us that, that, well, he told me, he told Devin and the girls and the boys a long time ago, but I wasn't with the program yet. I remember when God told us that we were going to adopt a child. We started making preparations and plans. 
If you don't prepare like God said it, I'm talking to somebody right now. If you don't prepare for it like God said it, like he said it was going to happen, if you don't prepare for it, this is what I heard the Lord say to me this morning. Preparation is an act of faith. I'm going somewhere. Why did we read Luke 5? I'll get to it. Don't rush me. <laughs> Preparation is an act of faith. If you're planning for a new business, what are you doing for the new business adventure? Well, I'm waiting on the Lord to open a door. God said, I'm not opening anything till you show me you can handle it when I open the door. If you're waiting on a spouse, if you're waiting on a spouse, there's probably some things you need to prepare for and get in order. Because marriage is much more than laying in a bed all day and, and, and just... You got to prepare. <laughs> yeah, come on, you're waking up finally. I see some of you getting motivated now. You got to prepare. If you believe you're going to adopt a child, you got to get a nursery together. If you believe you're going to get a new house, you got to get your financial stuff in order. I'm just telling you that some of us want a future that we're not preparing for in the now. And God sent me to tell somebody today, it's not that heaven won't do it, it's that heaven is looking for somebody who has activated their faith to the point of preparation. Slap somebody tell them activate uh-huh if water's coming dig a ditch so that we got somewhere to put it when the water comes if blessing is coming make room for it come on somebody make room for it so that you don't lose it when it gets there uh-huh if you're not preparing it tells me you hadn't heard a promise in a while but people who really got a promise, get ready. Touch somebody. Oh, my God. If I were Bishop Jakes, I'd tell you, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Somebody needs to get ready for what God is wanting to do in your life. And the old version of you isn't going to cut it when it comes time for what God is getting ready to pour out in your life. And God says, God says, Preparation is an act of faith, and I want you to prepare for what I'm getting ready to do. And I'm saying all that as an introduction to this text that I read to you today because many times we want God to ignore the fact that we bring our old selves into new seasons. I want a new season. It's a new season. <laughs> and the reality of it is what we want are new levels of blessing, new levels of grace, new levels of anointing, but the same old patterns and the same old lifestyle and the same old, the same old attitude, the same old ways. And I feel like today God is putting his finger on some people in this room, maybe all of us, who are positioned for new wine, and God is ready to pour it out, but he's helping us to put a finger on the fact that we can't go into a new season and experience new wine as an old skin. 
Now, Jesus, Jesus does this thing. Jesus does this thing before he gets to this text that I'm going to teach. In the 36th verse, he starts out, he starts out by saying, look at this. He starts out by saying, you get a garment on it. You got a garment on, and you get a rip or a tear in your garment. And if you're like, if you're like, you know, uh, uh, people who want to keep something that you, you like wearing, you get a hole in it, and you go get a new patch, and you put it on the old garment, and you sew the new patch on the old garment, trying to keep the old garment and not, and not come to the conclusion that, that it ain't going to work no more. So you put a patch on it. In fact, I have a suit. This suit, Chris will tell you this is true. I have a suit. I'll never tell you which one it is. You will never know. But it was a very expensive suit given to me, and, and it got a rip in it in the right side all the way down below the pocket. And Chris said, this suit is not usable anymore. And I looked at the label on the inside of it, and I said, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> he said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to go to a seamstress, and she's going to put a patch on the tear. Why? Because I want to keep my suit that I have had. This suit I have had nine years. And again, it looks brand new. It's amazing. It still looks brand new. Very expensive suit that was a gift to me, but it's got a patch in it. And when I put my jacket on, you never know I got a patch on it. Well, why didn't you throw it away? Because I wasn't going to go be able to replace the kind of suit it was. And I looked at the label and said, I'm keeping this suit. Well, in the spirit, what Jesus was saying is sometimes you look in the mirror and you don't, you know that the garment you're in, the skin that you're in is old and it's begin to tear, it's falling apart, it don't work like it used to, and instead of getting a new suit, you just take an old suit and put a new patch on it and you try to hide it and keep what you should release. I want to tell you this morning that those patched up garments that you and I have been wearing in the spirit are yesterday's stuff and you need to trust God that he's getting ready to give you a new garment of praise instead of a, oh come on in here somebody. Behold Jesus said I make all things new. And there are people patching stuff up. And the problem with patching something up is you keep on patching it up and you make the tear and the rip worse and worse. And it don't even look the same. If you saw that patch on my hip, you will never see it. I won't let you. But if you did, you would say, there's something different about them two fabrics. Then he moves to this whole issue of skin, wine, wine, skin, and wine. Everybody say wine. Now, I'm talking about God doing something new in your life, and I want to let you know that there are many, many ways in which God can do something fresh and new in your life, but I want to tell you right now what he is essentially talking about at the very foundation of this text. When he says wine, he is talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, we can talk about new seasons, we can talk about new jobs, we can talk about spouses, we can talk about all the new things that happen, and I believe in new seasons. 
How many believe in new seasons? I believe God does things that are fresh and that are new in our life. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you get a bunch of new seasons, a bunch of new stuff, if you get a new level, if you get a new wife, if you get a new husband, and you don't get new wine, you're in trouble. Say amen. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about the most important thing you can do in your spiritual journey is to keep yourself full of what the Spirit of God is doing in our day. I don't know about you, but I don't just want to live in an old wineskin and talking about the old days when the Spirit of the Lord is being poured out in fresh ways. How many know that what God is doing in our day is not leftover or last? He saves the best for last, and somebody's got to begin to adjust their level of expectation for what God is trying to do in our day. The, the best was saved for last. And so he comes to, he comes to uh, this fifth chapter of Luke's gospel. The Bible says that the scribes and the Pharisees, <laughs> the scribes and the Pharisees are essentially who he's talking to here. This is people who are old wineskins infatuated with old wine. It's not that they haven't had wine or that they haven't been a skin. It's that they don't understand the adjustment happening in their day. How many people are sitting in churches, and I'm talking about pastors and leaders and members of churches who encounter new wine in their day, and the older they get, the more set they get in their ways. I'm getting ready to offend a bunch of people right here. Have you ever seen church churches who at one time in their journey encountered revival and then you look years later and it don't even hardly exist anymore? Anybody ever seen that? How does that happen, Pastor? How does it happen that a church can have full altars, tearful eyes, prayers of the saints, passion and praise, and then you fast forward 10, 15, 20 years and the thing is dead. They're selling the building and you can't find anybody coming to the house of worship. How does that happen? I will tell you how. People do not understand when God gets ready to pour out something new, we have to be prepared for it. And God says this about wine and wineskins. Don't miss it. I'm going to leave you with some hope, but I'm going I'm to make sure to paint the picture very clear today. God makes very, very clear to us that, watch this, he will not pour new wine into old skins. Everybody say, I am a skin. Everybody say, we are a skin. We're a wineskin. You didn't have to say that, but I'm glad you did. We're a wineskin. Can I tell you something about this wineskin? We're not a white wineskin. We're not a black wineskin. We're not a caramel wineskin. We're a wineskin. And we got all kind of skin in the game in the house this morning, and we celebrate that. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful for that today. And what I want to tell you is this. In this day and time that we are living we are coming into a moment of adjustment, of preparation, a moment where we have to prepare for what God is, is and is about to release in our generation. And you say, Pastor, 
Isn't it the same old God? Isn't it the same Holy Ghost? Isn't it the same gospel? Isn't it the same Jesus? And I would say, nothing has changed about the gospel. Nothing has changed about the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Nothing has changed about the the person and the work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This isn't some newfangled revelation. This is simply a fresh outpouring of what has always been the real thing. And sometimes churches think that God did it that way that back, that back then and we force him to do it that way right now. And God says, it's my wine. It's my wine, it's my spirit, and I'll pour it out on whoever I want to pour it out on. And I'll pour it out in a way that I see fit. Let me just tell Sister Yay Yay and Brother Flip Flop something. This is not your wine. This is not our wine. This is the wine of the wine of the Holy Spirit. And when God gets ready to pour it out, the Spirit of the Lord doesn't go replicating what he did from generations past simply because a bunch of religious people say, that's how you have to do it. And this is why the people in Acts chapter 2 didn't catch it. God begins to do something fresh and they start saying, this can't be the Holy Spirit. These men are drunk. (laughs) Oh, they're drunk, all right. But they're not drunk with wine out of a bottle. They're drunk. You say, Pastor, I don't believe in all this. You ought to read your Bible. Ephesians chapter 5 said, be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't know if I want wine. If you don't have any wine in your spiritual system, you have no joy. You have no peace. You have no power. Enough with trying to do church in the power of the flesh. We need God to pour out new wine in the day that we're living. Somebody say amen. God says, I'm going to pour out new wine. I'm going to pour out my spirit. Wine in the Bible is always a reflection of covenant, intimacy, and the spirit of God. And whenever you pour new wine in, listen, there's a reason why God says you, got, you can't get new wine in an old skin. Because if you put new wine in an old skin, you will lose the wine and you will lose the skin. How so? Because when you put new wine into an old skin, first of all, The skin that is old has already been used for fermenting purposes. Every, really every new wine skin got new wine. And you let it sit in, you let the new wine ferment in the new wine skin. And the reason you put the new wine in the new wine skin is because a new, everybody say a new wine skin. A new wine skin has the ability to expand. There is a sense of flexibility in the new wine skin. There is a sense of stretch ability in the new wine skin. But if you ever let that new wine skin get new wine in it and stretch, after it stretches the first time, it becomes an old wine skin. And the reason we call it an old wine skin is because it can't stretch anymore and it's already hit its most useful season. And now it's sitting there and it's swollen with old wine in it. And Jesus says, don't put new wine 
into that old skin that's already stretched. Because what's going to happen when that new wine starts fermenting is that it will tear apart. It will tear apart the skin. And you lose the skin and you lose the wine. And here's what I felt like God was showing me. Churches and people who have had the wine of God's spirit poured out in their life before and have become an old skin have a decision to make. Are you going to stay an old skin the rest of your life? And when I say old, please hear me. This has nothing to do with age. Do a Hulk Hogan here. This has nothing to do with age. I have met young people who are stuck in religion and seasoned saints who are flexible and stretch and move with the move of God. This has nothing to do with age. This has to do with resistance to anything fresh and anything new from heaven. You say, Pastor, I don't like this conversation about fresh and new. I, I want to be very clear with you. If you and I don't understand that the future of our church together will include seasons where new things are happening that have never happened before, you could miss what God is trying to do. You say, Pastor, we've never... The, remember in the Old Testament, God said to Joshua, I want you to, I want you to put a space between me and the ark, between you and the ark, and, 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 and in other words, I want you to keep the Ark of the Covenant out in front of you. How many of the Ark represents the presence of God? He said, I want you to keep the Ark of the Covenant out in front of you. Keep a space between you and the Ark because it's going to take you in a direction and it's going to take you through a series of moves and you've never been this way before. And if you don't have that space between you and the Ark, you may think we're going to do it just like we've always done it, but you've got to be able to see where the Ark is taking us. And sometimes as a people, I have watched that I have preached in churches that I know had the glory at one time, but they lost the glory and they lost the wine and they lost the spirit not because God got through with them but because they got through preparing for what was next and I'm preaching this today I suppose as a warning and as an encouragement don't ever think we've arrived uh -huh. don't ever think we've gotten to where we need to get don't ever stop thinking we're through because God always saves the best wine for next. I don't know, listen, I recognize I'm an old soul. I tell you this all the time. I grew up old, I'm an old soul. If you leave it to me by myself, me and Julian will sing old hymns for the rest of our life. That's just who I am down on the inside. But I recognize something. There's new sounds coming out of the people of God. There are new, there's a fresh move happening in the earth. And if all we're gonna do is hunker down and protect our old wine skin and complain about the fact it ain't like it used to be, what a sad, miserable testimony of a church that, that, that all all churches do is now talk about how it ain't like it used to be. I want to testify that it ain't like it used to be. It's sweeter than it used to be to me. I don't know who you've been listening to. I don't know what report you've been listening to, but enough with the conversation of woe is the church and woe is me. I woke up this morning. Jesus was still on the throne. The devil was still under our feet. We are still the people.
And I feel like some preparation is happening in our lives. God is, God is going to pour his spirit out as we accelerate and hasten the coming of the Lord. You say, Pastor, the, I heard this in my spirit as I was praying and preparing and just walking across the front here. I know there are people who say, well, I read the Bible and the Bible says in the last day many will depart. I believe many will depart. But I also believe in the last day he'll pour his spirit out on all flesh. You've got a decision to make. Are you going to be like those that lose their way and turn from the Lord? Or are you going to say, you go wherever you want to. You serve whatever you want to. You bow your knee to whatever God you want to. As for me in this house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm not leaving this earth lip dragging the ground talking about how bad it got. Baby, when we cross over, I want to walk in dancing saying, look what the Lord has done. Somebody shout in the church. Here's what I want to say. I'm going to end with this. You and I need to decide if we're just going to sing precious memories or if we're going to be filled with prophetic promises. And if we believe our future is greater than our past, we can't spend time trying to keep old wineskins and ask for new wine. God loves the wine too much to waste it, and he loves the skin too much to ruin it. Now, I want to say this to you before I close. There are people who love Jesus who will not change, and they'll go to heaven but they will miss what God is doing in the earth in this generation. I'm, I'm, I am often misunderstood. I recognize that, and so are we. It's so funny. I can wear a suit on Sunday and get a message that I need to be more relevant. I can wear this today, and I'll get a message tomorrow. You need to dress like a bishop. It's a true story. It's unbelievable. I can sing, the blood will never lose its power, and somebody will sing us. Those are old songs. That, those, that's so old. And then we can sing some new song with lights going, and people lose their minds saying, it looks like a bar. What's the difference? It ain't me. <laughs> it ain't me. And it ain't this house. It's that some skins don't like new. And I'm saying this because I feel like we got some people, and I'm thankful for all the growth, but as we continue to grow and new people come in, it's my responsibility and it's my assignment to make sure this house doesn't get unfocused and get distracted having, having meaningless conversation over stuff that isn't even germane or relevant. I want this house to be a place where granny and grandpa can come and I want it to be a place where sons and daughters can come and why can't we just say, God, whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, come Lord Jesus. I don't 
don't care if you sing and clap on two and four or if you lay in the floor and weep tears. I don't care if you sing a love song to Jesus or a hymn from the red back. Whatever we do, don't get brittle. Don't get crusty. Don't become an old wineskin that's not ready for the glory of God. I've been spending some time, and I, and I talked to the Ruach pastors a couple of weeks ago about this. We are in a moment of generational dissonance in the church. And if you're not careful, and I'm not careful, we'll let this wineskin conversation to, vo- to devolve into a conversation about generations and age. And I got a lot of friends and they have a young church and I got a lot of friends and they have an old church and some way and sometimes they accommodate the old and the new by having a contemporary church service and a traditional worship service. I want to tell you we'll never have a contemporary worship service and we'll never have a traditional worship service. We will worship Jesus young and old, grandma and grandpa and my expectation is that when we do something from yesterday the young people celebrate it and when we do something you've never seen before, if it's under Jesus and it's for his glory I expect you to jump in say amen or hold me or something Because you can't put old wine, a new wine, into an old skin. But I have good news and I'm done. I have good news. Touch your neighbor, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, pastor got good news. You ready for this? When a wine skin is used once and it expands and stretches and loses its elasticity, Kevin, they don't throw it away. You know what they do to it? They wash it and they dip it in oil, and they soak it in oil. Hey, I feel the preaching on Sunday afternoon. Look over at somebody, tell them, neighbor, I've had the wine before, but I'm getting ready to have it again. Somebody said, are you qualified for the wine? Yes, I'm qualified for new wine. Even though I had it yesterday, I'm qualified in my future because I refuse to get stale. I refuse to get brittle. I refuse to lose my elasticity. I'm ready for him to blow my mind, to do exceedingly and abundantly. Above above all, I can ask or think. You say, Pastor, I've never seen this before. It's not wonderful. You've never seen it before. He's getting ready to blow your mind. Slap somebody, tell the Lord, soak me in oil. Stretch me one more time. Use me for your glory. I don't want to miss your outpouring. I want to see the glory of the Lord in my generation. I feel the Holy Ghost in this church. Somebody shout, if you believe revival ain't just a testimony, it's a prophetic promise. It's coming for you. It's gonna hit your house. It's gonna move in your family. God's about to save your sons and daughters. He's about to pour the Holy Ghost out upon all flesh. Somebody shout, yeah. Shout for times of 
Stand with me, I'm through preaching. We are stepping into uncharted territory. What might, somebody said, Pastor, what might new wine being poured out look like in a church? It might look like a whole people group starting to come to Jesus. Oh, somebody said, what does that mean? What if next week the Bloods and the Crips turned in their colors and came to Jesus? What if next week we started seeing God fill this house with people trapped in an alternate lifestyle that wanted to escape sexual bondage and come in? to the freedom of the Holy Ghost. What if next week God started raising up and bringing in politicians who were corrupt on Saturday but got holy on Sunday? What if God started saving people that the church said couldn't come in? I'm telling you, you better get rid of your old wine skin. You better get rid of your old way of doing things. And you better open up your eyes and see the field that is white with harvest. Slap three people, tell them it's harvest time. The Holy Ghost doesn't come to run the harvest out. It is the Holy Ghost that brings the harvest in. And I feel like the new wine is getting ready to be poured out and souls are gonna be rescued. Hell is in trouble. Jesus is on the throne. Somebody lift your hands and begin to praise God until he stretches you. I'm getting my new wine skin back. I will not miss this move of God. I will not miss this outpouring. My babies will see the glory of the Lord. My family will see the power. Shout and praise God all over the church. 
I need you to testify before we go home and tell three or four people I refuse to miss what God is about to do I refuse to miss what God is about to pour out I've waited my whole life for this I will not miss I won't miss it. I won't miss it. I won't miss it. We're not gonna miss it. We're not gonna miss it. You're all around us. It's already happening. We're not gonna miss it. We're not, I know that ain't the right key, don't worry about it. You're all around us. It's already, and you know what? Thank you, Holy Ghost. What was prophetic about this message is that Devin came to me a couple of nights before Women of Fire. And she said, I want to baptize all of the sisters into new skin. I said, what? Let's get some water and sprinkle them. That's what I told her. We just rub them down with some water symbolically. You know, Devin, Devin doesn't do anything symbolically. Oh, no. She called all the people, got the tub filled up right up there behind the screen, and we baptized eight or 900 ladies in the new skin. And they come up, they came up shouting. I had to drag them drunk in the Holy Ghost. You say, where did that revelation come from? Naaman got leprosy. I feel like preaching on my way out of here this morning. Naaman got leprosy, and they couldn't get him fixed, and he couldn't get a healing. So the prophet told him to go down to the Jordan River. I feel like preaching. And he said, go under, and he dipped him seven times. Seven is the number of completion. And on the fifth time, nothing was different. On the sixth time, nothing was different. But when it come up out of the water, on the seventh time, skin that had been diseased, wine skin that was old and crippled, wine skin that was old and brittle, when it come up the seventh time, the Bible said his skin was new, like that of a baby. Slap somebody, tell them I'm leaving with new wine skin today. I know I've been in this church for a while, but my, my level of expectation is rising. I refuse to be stuck where God used to be. New skin. Shake hands with somebody, tell them God's given you new skin. New skin for new wine. New skin for a fresh outpouring. New skin. I know you've had wine before, but God's about to soak you in oil. So that you can get your stretch back. Stretch. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm getting ready to let you go. But I want to tell you, some of you, need to get some skin in the game. You need a new wine skin. You need to prepare 
for new wine like it's about to hit your house. And there are some demons right now that have got you so nervous. And there are some people gathering their stuff and trying to make sure their hair and their weave is still in place. And you sit here and you're like, oh, I can't. If I stay here any longer, I feel like I'm about to pop. No, you're not going to pop. You're going to stretch. You're about to stretch. You're not going to pop. If you pop, you'll lose it. You, tell somebody, tell them, you're not going to pop. You came to stretch. Come on in here, sisters. Have you ever been pregnant with a child and you looked at your husband and you say, I feel like I'm about to pop. You're not about to pop. You're about to stretch. God's about to help you give birth to something that is about to shake a generation. We're about to give birth to something in this church. Somebody say stretch. I'm through. When you get to the place where you like the old more than the fresh and the new, that's when you start getting brittle. And when you get brittle and you lose your elasticity, it ain't that God don't love you. It's that he can't trust you to hold the new wine without bursting and losing your wine skin and the wine itself. I'm teaching this because the new wine is coming to this house. And when it comes, we're going to stretch with it and we're not going to miss what God is going to do. Let me help you understand something. I've seen churches who refuse to change their wineskins. I feel the Lord on me right now. And when they refused to change and they kept on praying and new wine hit the place. And when it did, the whole church fell apart. Why? Because when the new wine started fermenting, people who were old wineskins couldn't move with it. I know you hear me right now, but I want you to hear me in the Holy Ghost. The best days of this house are in front of us. Well, well, we just started coming. We just started coming, and we ain't never seen it like this before. Don't try to replicate where you came from. I love you, but we're not trying to do what you came from. There's a reason why you left and you're here. Because what you had wasn't satisfying. I'm not interested in pastoring religion. I want to pastor revival. How? Lift your hands right now. Let God stretch us. Stretch me, God. Stretch me. Come on, ask him. I'm praying for me. I want you to pray for you. Father, stretch us. Some of us have never seen it like this before. We've never been this way before. Teach us how to be a new wineskin. Yes, Holy Ghost, I hear you. Look at me. I'm, I'm going to pray in a minute. We're going to go, but listen to me. I feel so burdened and excited at the same time. I'm excited because of what's coming. I'm burdened because some people in this room listening to me need to soak in the oil for a while. And I just heard the Lord whisper to me a moment ago and say, some of y'all have grandchildren and children who don't want your old wineskin. I, I won't go into too much detail because I do not want to incriminate or to suggest. I, I will tell you that I've been to places recently, preached in places recently, wonderful people, wonderful church, 
where progenitors and those who were leaders in establishing something years ago looked at the younger generation and said, you ain't Pentecostal enough for us. And you need to put on your suit and tie if you're going to preach in this church and you need to not be singing those new songs and you need to stop the hopping and you need to stop all the screen lyrics and the lot. You need to stop all that. You ain't Pentecostal enough for us. And it crushed the younger generation. You want to know where the younger generation goes when fathers and mothers don't embrace new wineskins? They leave the church. Now, you might be okay with that. Well, bless God, only a few of us left. No, there's a few of you left in your mind, and y'all are all sad and depressed. I thank God for some seasoned people in this room in their 60s and 70s, and yea, even in their 80s who are still with me after 22 years of running together. And they have watched this church go through metamorphosis after metamorphosis, and they stay. Why? Because it's not about the style. It's really not even about the skin. It's about the wine. So, so what's more important, our wine skin or the wine? The wine. Give us the wine, God. Pour out your spirit, Lord, on redemption to the nation's church, on Ruach Global Network. Pour out your spirit. I pray for the Holy Ghost to be poured out on us. May we never, may we never find ourselves not prepared for the wine you're ready to pour out. Even if you got to stretch me, stretch me, Lord. I don't want to miss it. Somebody just begin to tell him before we leave, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. If you don't want to miss it, tell him that right now. I mean, if you're okay with missing whatever God's going to do in our generation, then that's fine. But if you don't want to miss it, just take a moment to say, God, don't let me miss it. Don't let me miss it. Don't let me miss it. Why don't you reach over and lay hands on your neighbor's shoulder? I want to pray for you. Father, right now, I pray for this house that we'll never get more infatuated with the wineskin than we do the wine. That we'd never be more interested in preserving our wineskin. If you preserve the wineskin and you don't let it be renewed, you will miss the wine. And I feel like somebody's getting this right now, a download for your children. There's somebody in here that's never thought about needing to change, never thought about needing to soak in the oil, never thought about needing to be restored and renewed. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you want your sons and daughters to be hungry for Jesus, you better be a new wineskin so that you can handle the new wine. Pour it out, Lord, now on the people of God. Hallelujah. Thine the glory, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah, thine the glory, revive us, uh, sing it again as a prayer, come on, hallelujah, Thine the glory.
Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah. Revive us. Father, I thank you for reconditioning and renewing wineskins today. Somebody's mind is coming open to a fresh thing, and they will not miss it. And I declare that seasons of preparation are now underway. Somebody is preparing for what you have for them in their future. And I declare today in the name of Jesus that their preparation will not be in vain. It is an act of faith. And as we soak and as we find new skin, I declare that you are preparing us for new wine. This house will not miss it by the grace of God. And we declare every family connected to it will know the power of the Holy Ghost. And in a day when darkness seems to be overtaking our land, I thank you that you've kept the light on for us. And may the Spirit of God continue to be poured out in our midst in Jesus' name. Listen, I want to pray for you today. I believe this message is bringing uh, a strengthening to your faith. In fact, some of you have needs today in your life, and I want to pray for God to meet those needs. If you need healing, I want you to know that Christ Jesus is a healer. If you need provision, I want you to know that your God is a provider. Whatever you have need of today, nothing is too big and nothing is too small for God to meet it. Father, we thank you today for every man and woman that are watching this broadcast. I pray today for those who have needs in their life. They need you to heal them, Lord. They need provision. They need strength. Many of them need to be freed from depression and heaviness. And I just ask in Christ's name today that the power of your precious Holy Spirit would come up on them wherever they are. Break every yoke, meet every need. Jesus, you're a miracle worker. And by faith, we thank you that the power of God is working in their life right now, turning everything around in Jesus' name, amen. Friend, we love you. We can't wait to see you next week on this broadcast. Until then, we're praying for you. You're in our hearts, and we'll see you soon. God bless.